Howdy. This is the Views from the Shot podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Tuesday, November 7th, 2023, I wish you a happy, happy, happy National Hug a Bear Day. Today's show, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports Network. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The only place covering only Big Ten sports, Big Ten football, Big Ten basketball as it ramps up in a unique way is Big Banter Sports. You can find Big Banter Sports on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Of course, we are the official Ohio State basketball podcast of Big Banter Sports. We appreciate them. We appreciate you for finding them wherever you're taking in your sports content. If you're new, as always, we have, of course, a new Ohio State basketball season springing and sprouting among us. And because of that, we may have some new fans here. So if you're not subscribed, just... Just open your phone really quick, wherever you're getting your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or elsewhere, and just get ready to press follow or subscribe. Just be ready. I'm not going to tell you to do it. Just be ready to do it because at some point, you're going to listen to this show and you're going to say, oh man, I should probably subscribe. So just be ready for it. It's going to happen at some point. If you haven't found us on Twitter already, you probably should. That's at the shop pod. And if you haven't found us on Instagram, we've got a fair amount of Twitter followers who haven't found us on Instagram yet. Don't be one of those people. Find us on Instagram at the shop pod. Appreciate you listening to this show. Excited to review Ohio State's first game of the regular season against Oakland. Now, fair warning. I am recording this on Monday night. So you are talking to or listening to past me. And at this very second, pretty much when I started recording this episode, Michigan State just missed a shot against James Madison. And that game is now going into overtime. You already know the outcome of this game. I don't. So good for you on that. But I will be peeking to my other screen here because yes, I am one of those people who have two screens to be able to look at. One of the screens I'll be looking at my show notes. The other one I will be watching Michigan State. So if I happen to slip up, you know why. And you can't be mad at me either because you would do the exact same thing. So today's show, we are going to review this Ohio State win over Oakland. There's a lot of people who didn't get the chance to see this game And whether you saw it or not, there were a lot of Ohio State fans or just casual college basketball fans who said, oh man, Ohio State, what are they doing this year? They finished 16 and 19 last year. They clearly have an issue with Chris Holtman at head coach. This team is not ready to go perform and compete at the the start of this 2023 season. Many are saying that and that's fine. Whether you watch the game or not doesn't matter. I'm going to recap the game in case you missed it because it was on Big Ten Plus, and some of us don't want to pay for that. And if that's the case for you, I respect it. It's probably on YouTube now. The full game is probably on YouTube for what it's worth. Just look it up. This is 2023 after all. However, before I get into that, 
I have a few notes that I want to share with you, okay? And it's not apples to apples comparison, but it is worth talking about. Number one, are you aware of Rutgers, a team located in New Jersey where college football was first birthed? We're talking college basketball here, but Rutgers, a team who many say should be competing for a spot in the NCAA tournament this year, they lost to Princeton, okay, on the first day of the college basketball season. What else happened on the first day of the college basketball season? Well, I have it here on good authority that Michigan State was trailing James Madison 37-33 to at halftime, and at this very second, I see the game is tied at 68 in overtime. James Madison, Michigan State, number four team in the nation, is locked in a tie with James Madison with four minutes left to go in overtime. North Carolina, they led the fighting Radford nickname redacted because I don't know it. They led Radford by five at halftime, one by 16. That's a fine win, whatever. Maybe they covered. I don't know what the spread was. Doesn't matter. Kentucky led New Mexico State by eight at halftime. Oklahoma State, just pause with me real quick here. I want to get an update on this. At this very moment, they are losing by three to Abilene Christian, and they were trailing by 12 earlier in the second half. Wake Forest, ACC did not look good on the first day of the college basketball season. Wake Forest trailed Elon, the fighting Elon Musks, by 21 before eventually winning that game by, I think, 22. Weird game. Here's what I'm going to tell you. This show is not designed to beat Chris Holtman and beat these dead horses that Ohio State fans love to beat. That's not what we're here for. We're here to be measured, well-informed, and give relevant, smart takes. So guess what? Ohio State beat Oakland in its first game of the season. Ohio State won by six, where the spread was 19. Good teams win, great teams cover. Tonight, Ohio State wasn't great. But a bunch of other teams in college basketball were not great on Monday night. So, if you're going to call for Chris Holtman, you should be calling for Tom Izzo. You should be calling for Hubert Davis. You should be calling for John Calipari. And you should be calling for... Probably a dozen other coaches right now whose teams majorly underperformed against mid-majors or even low-majors on Monday night. So let that be as it may. Again, I know it's not apples to apples, but let's kind of set the scene here. A lot of Ohio State fans are unhappy with how this game went, and that's fine. But a lot of other major college basketball teams did not play well on Monday night. So, if you're going to call for Chris Holtman to be fired... This is always going to be my take on Chris Holman. If you're going to call for him to be fired before he can even make a halftime adjustment, which many people were against Oakland, I have three requests. Number one, tell me what you would do differently. And I don't want to hear the garbage that is, get more open looks, be better defensively, move the ball, pass. Stop fouling so much. Don't be stupid. 
Imagine if you were in Chris Holtman's shoes. Imagine if you were interviewing for the head coaching job at Ohio State with Gene Smith, and that's what you said you would do differently at Ohio State. You would get laughed out the door. Actually, you wouldn't even be invited to an interview, but that's besides the point. If you're going to be passionate about what Chris Holtman should be doing differently and saying that he's bad, tell me what he should do differently, please. Unless you're, if you can't do that, your take is invalid. And I don't mean to be rude, but it's that, that's the truth here. And that's a tough pill to swallow. My cat, by the way, my cat, he's got a tough sw- pill to swallow. Brother, Brother's throwing up recently. He's on some meds. So prayers for Bambi. Um, what else I would have you do? Tell me who you would replace Chris Holtman with right now this very second. Okay? And then the third thing I want you to do is tell me why replacing him one game into the season is worth it. You're losing recruits automatically. Just like that. Gone. It's a horrible look in college basketball to fire a coach one game into a season. Obviously, you irrational Ohio State fan don't care about that. But that would also be the case. So those are the three things that I need. If you want Chris Holtman gone, that's fine. Tell me exactly what you would do differently. Tell me who you would replace him with. And tell me why replacing him right now is worth it. That's all I ask. Okay, I'm going to try not to rant for the rest of this show, but I had to get that out because I, I I can't believe that we're five minutes into a game and people are calling for Chris Holtman to be fired. James Madison is up by one on Michigan State with two minutes left to go. And this must be fun for you. You know exactly how this game ends, and I picked Michigan State to win the national title this year and go to the Final Four, obviously, and win the Big Ten. So not a great start for me. That's fine. All right. So a lot of people missed the game. I'm going to recap it here. Buckeyes win a dog fight slash bear fight slash, ooh, should I say nut fight? Given that Buckeyes are a nut. Bear fight, Buckeye fight, whatever you want to call it. Over Oakland, 79 to 73. Zed Key, 17 points. Bruce Thornton, 17 points. Roddy Gale Jr., 17 points. That was the lucky number on Monday night. By the way, I hope you're following at the shot pod on Twitter to see the tweet before the game. I said, Hey, look, you're looking for some action tonight. Why don't you just go ahead and hammer the over on Bruce Thornton's number for points, 14.5 points over under. Yeah, I'll take the over until we're given a reason not to take the over on that number. Let's take that gamble responsibly. James Madison has missed a three. I got to stop. You don't care about this. You've already seen the game. Okay, first half of this game. So Felix Akpara scores the first points of Ohio State's season. So congrats to Felix on that. But Oakland got off to a rather hot start. They made three triples in the first five minutes. They go up 11-5. to We saw Evan Mahaffey pick up two quick fouls and then sit the bench for the final 17 minutes of the first half. We'll talk about Mahaffey here later on. Then we see Ohio State with its first spark of the season. Scotty Middleton gets a steal on the baseline. It leads to a dunk by Zed Key. He then, of course, begins to raise the roof for the first time this season. Yet halfway through the first, it's Oakland with a lead over Ohio State 19-14. to Not what Buckeye fans were expecting and probably not what Golden Grizzly fans were expecting either. Golden Grizzlies are not real. Don't understand the nickname. Oakland's hot shooting continues. They make 6 of 12 shots from deep. And at that point when Oakland was 6 of 12 for deep, Ohio State was 2 of 10. The Buckeyes trailed 29 to 26 at that point. They were slowly getting more shots to fall while holding Oakland to a dry stretch 
here and there. And then finally, we see the light peek through the clouds and the Buckeyes get their first lead of the game. Bruce Thornton gives Ohio State that lead. And not only that, it's his first field goal of the entire game. With less than two minutes left, Ohio State takes its first lead. Bruce Thornton gets his first field goal of the game. I believe he had two, maybe four free throws at that point. But regardless, you wonder why Ohio State got off to a slow start in the first half. Maybe it had something to do with a slow night of production offensively from Bruce Thornton in the first half. Then the Buckeyes get a stop. They're down one. Chris Holtman calls a timeout with, I don't know, 7, 8, 10, 11 seconds left to go in the first half. And they run a play. Bruce Thornton gets the ball. He slips. He falls. He can't get a shot off. The buzzer sounds. And Connor Lamonts, of course, joined the show recently. He tweeted out that he guessed that wasn't how the Buckeyes drew it up. Probably would have to agree with with that, Connor. That is an astute analytical mind that you possess. At halftime, Bruce Thornton had one field goal. Roddy Gale Jr. had zero field goals. Jamison Battle had three points in the final 12 minutes of the first half. Oakland was 46% from the field, made six threes while Ohio State was three of 15 from behind the arc. Oakland star Trey Townsend was 11 points, had 11 points at the half, was 5 of 7 from the field. By all accounts, all of these numbers are not good. And if you're watching on Big Ten Plus or Big Ten Double XL, whatever they call it these days, you know that Chris Holtman said after the half, they had three points of emphasis. All of them were on defense. That's what Chris Holtman was focused on. So, how would Ohio State respond heading into the second half? You ask. If you saw, you already know. But I'll recount it for you regardless. So Oakland comes out in the second half. They play loose. And they were seem seemingly enjoying just toying with Ohio State. With a chance at an upset. First night of college basketball in Columbus, Ohio. They were having fun. And at that point, it was rather clear. Ohio State was flat. I tweeted it out from the Views from the Shop podcast Twitter profile account is probably the better word. No emotion, no chest pounding, no flexing, no shouting, no, none of that. No hijinks, no hoodwinking going on, no bamboozlement, unfortunately. I tweeted, can we just get someone to do something like that? Please, I'm begging you. Someone give this team life. And Scotty Middleton, obviously, he was on his phone during a timeout, and he saw the views from the shot tweet. Someone needs to do something. So Scotty said, man, I tell you what, I feel motivated right now. I'm just going to hit a couple threes. So he's he, he's the opening act, essentially, for what was a grand showcase in the second half for Ohio State offensively. He hits a pair of threes, and then he exits stage right. And then the dam breaks. No earmuffs needed there, by the way. D-A-M. Okay? Zed Key, Roddy Gale Show. It begins. Co-stars. 20 points in a row scored by either Gale or Key, including a thunderous little alley-oop from Roddy Gale where he took that ball with two hands, scratched his spine, probably like the C6 vertebrae. 
and then threw it down through the rim with two hands. Buckeyes took the lead during that time, and then they expanded that lead to as many as seven during a 12-2 run. And again, Roddy Gale and Zed Key scored 20 points in a row for Ohio State, but Oakland would not die. Jack Golke, a young man who looks like he was picked up off of the nearest YMCA court, he scored 18. That's the type of guy who, if I see him playing pickup, I know he's just going to piss me off because he can probably stroke it a little bit. He's long. He can play defense, and he's just going to annoy the crap out of me. If he's guarding me, I'm just I'm checking out at that point because I'm mentally weak. So there's that. Uh, the Golden Grizzlies, they again, they continue to play pescally, which Google Docs says is a real word. But Ohio State, slowly but surely, they rock Oakland to sleep. And the Buckeyes pick up a win. Bruce Thornton gets a couple of free throws down the stretch to cash that over. 14.5 points. We thank Bruce for that. And the Buckeyes get the win. So overall, this was a game in which Ohio State trailed for a while. I don't have the numbers on hand, but you can look it up should you care to do so. Ohio State trailed for most of this game. Not only that, but the Buckeyes, I don't believe, ever had a lead of double digits. Again, a team that was favored to win by 19 points. That was the spread at least set by DraftKings. Not a sponsor and can't be. So, underwhelming, clearly, for Ohio State in this one. And doesn't feel good when Ohio State is about to go play Texas A&M. Now, I have some very clear concerns about Ohio State taking on Texas A&M in three days, essentially. They'll get three days of practice. They'll get a couple days to review the film and get ready to go to take on the Aggies. But Texas A&M was not a team that I mentioned at the start of this show who had issues on Monday night. Michigan State sure did. Texas A&M did not. Texas A&M beat Texas A&M Commerce by, they got drummed. I don't remember what the score was. I looked at the score and said, okay, I've seen enough. So it wasn't good. It was bad. Texas A&M is going to be good. And Ohio State, it's one game, and I'm not going to overreact, but it's tough to see. Ohio State struggle against Oakland knowing that they've got Texas A&M staring them in the face. By the way, just a small tangent here. The atmosphere at the shot, again, just what's going on there? I mean, this is a proud program. This is an elite basketball program. This is a world-class university. And we're giving tickets away for free for students to show up to a game against Oakland, the regular season opener. And it is, I mean, we are snoring there in the shot. We could take a nap if we wanted to. Fans, if you're there, be better. I've already had a couple people tweet at me and, and tell me, let me know. They're going to be at the game against Texas A&M. Please just stand the whole time. Piss off all the fans beside you. I don't care. Be loud. We got we to make a change here in Columbus in terms of the atmosphere of the shot. James Madison just put a dagger through Michigan State. What an idiot. <laughs> me picking Michigan State to go to the Final Four. What an idiot. That was... uh, I'll stick to Ohio State basketball. I don't, I don't remember where we're at. The atmosphere wasn't good. Texas A&M, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about Texas A&M here in a couple of days. I'll, I'll put out a Texas A&M 
preview episode, of course, but I do have some some pretty major concerns. But let's go to some offensive takeaways from Ohio State in this one. So number one, they really, really struggled against a unique zone that Oakland went out with. It was it was an odd kind of just shell zone where it could be a 3-2, a 2-3, a 1-3-1, depending on how they rotated. Really sophisticated zone that gave Ohio State fits. Now, the good thing is that Ohio State isn't going to have to play a lot of defenses like this in the in the season overall. They're just not going to face anyone, anyone like that. The bad thing is that they've already given some teams a blueprint on how to beat them. And number two, it doesn't matter what kind of defensive scheme is being thrown out there. You have a bunch of five and four stars on that roster. Oakland does not. Oakland has a bunch of guys who are unranked or came from Hillsdale College. Shout out GMAC. You've got to be better. So there's that. A couple just minor, and I'm not going to act like I'm a I'm an expert and that I should be on the coaching staff. I'm actually going to completely give out the disclaimer now that I should not be on the coaching staff. But one thing I would have loved to see, okay, in this zone that Oakland was throwing out, they are leaving the guy in the corner on the ball side completely wide open. But they're denying that pass. So the angle that you're at when you're on the left wing and you've got a guy on the left corner who's wide open, the angle was not there. You cannot get that pass through. It's either getting deflected or stolen. What can you do, however? Well, you can try moving as the guy in the corner, potentially getting to the short corner, and then maybe you've got a bounce pass into the post, or you've got a floater that you can try to attempt. I don't know. There's that. The other thing that I would have loved to see is Bruce Thornton's got the ball on the wing. He takes essentially one dribble into the elbow. You're going to get that guy on the corner to kind of sink in and react, and now you can kick that ball out into the corner to Scotty Middleton or Jamison Battle, who's wide open for a three and can catch and shoot and hit it. And even if you don't have that, you can set up a fade screen and open something up in the corner. Ohio State did not really adjust to the zone that Oakland threw at them in this game, and that was disappointing to see. Another thing that was disappointing to see, and I'm sorry to have some pretty melancholy takes on the Ohio State offense and defense upcoming, spoiler alert, but another thing I didn't love was no pick and roll usage with Bruce Thornton. And I get they're going against his zone. They're not manned up. But I still believe that Bruce Thornton has the ability to take a screen and go hit a shot from the free throw line, from the elbow, get in the paint, and hit a floater. That's how he scored a lot of his points last season. And we didn't see it this season. Tonight, I should say. Or last night because you're listening on Tuesday. Yeah, it's late. He was 3 of 8 from the field. He made all his free throws. That's great. We know Bruce Thornton is a great free throw shooter. But his usage in this one, it it just left a lot to be desired and you want to see more. So there's that as well. Bruce Thornton in the pick and roll. Got to get him more involved. And we'll see if that's going to be a capability for Ohio State against Texas A&M against a really, really good defender in Wade Taylor the fourth if he is on Bruce Thornton. Another takeaway offensively. Only six players scored. It was Jamison Battle, of course, the trio scoring 17 of Zed Key, Roddy Gale Jr., and whoever the other one was to score 17. Where the heck is this? Um, 
boy, that's tough when you when when you just can't find it. You had Zed Key, Bruce Thornton, and Roddy Gale Jr. all scoring 17. You've got Scotty Middleton right behind. You've got Jamison Battle scoring and Felix Akapara. Those are the only players to score for Ohio State. That feels not good. You need some more production there. They shot 28% from deep, and there was another, again, just a showcase of lack of ball movement, lack of spacing was fine, but lack of off-ball movement. It felt, yet again, like these players had had their shoes super glued to the floor, and they weren't able to move. That's tough to see, especially against a zone team. You need to move the ball when you're playing teams that are zoning you up. You need to move the ball and cut and find the openings in the zone. And that's such an easy thing to say. Not an easy thing to do, but it's just a fact on how you deal with a zone. Casual take. Sue me. Sorry. That's that's what it is. So th- all of that leads to 28% from deep. Not good. Ohio State needs to be a better three-point shooting team this season. That wasn't good to see. Now, the good thing... I've got two good takeaways that we can take talk about now. Scotty Middleton, he produced instantly for Ohio State. He had 13 points on an efficient 4 of 7 shooting from the field. He made half of his shots from 3, going 2 for 4. So you'll take that as well. Scotty Middleton came in, and he looked instantly like the most NBA-ready player on the Ohio State roster. So for what it's worth... Scotty Middleton, we'll talk about Scotty Middleton and and Evan Mahaffey here in a second, but Scotty Middleton looked really, really good. If you didn't see the game, trust that Scotty Middleton looked really, really good. And now in the second half, Roddy Gale Jr., he scored all of his points in the second. He also added seven rebounds and five assists. A beautiful game for Roddy Gale Jr. My pick for breakout player of the year. It's way too early to call that race. That's fine. But he looked great. Bruce Thornton, 8 for 8 from, from the free throw line. He's picking up where he left off last year. Jameson Battle, he cools down a little bit in the second half. But Zed Key, he just went nuclear. He is raising the roof. Roddy Dale, Roddy Gale is, is, is hitting shots all over the place. Encouraging to see for Ohio State in the second half when they were finally able to put some things together offensively. So those are kind of the offensive takeaways that I have right now. Struggled against his zone, didn't use Bruce Thornton enough in the pick and roll, in my opinion. Only six players scoring, but Scotty Middleton looked good. Roddy Gale looked great. Zed Key. Zed Key. Let's talk about Zed Key for a second here, because here's another takeaway I didn't write down, but I do want to mention. Zed Key has dropped a bunch of weight, and one of my biggest questions was, is that going to be good for him, or is that actually going to hurt him? Well, I have good news. I think it's good for him. His drop step, still there. As good as it was last year, it's still there. He still played with strength and physicality. He still rebounded the ball really well. Really encouraged by how Zed Key played in this one. And again, I said Zed Key, the most important player on this Ohio State roster in terms of how he can affect everyone else. So good to see there. So those are some offensive takeaways. Before we continue to the defensive takeaways, I want to take a minute here to talk to you about college basketball analytics. CBBanalytics.com is a proud sponsor of the Views from the Shop podcast, and we're proud to have them. CBB Analytics 
is a website that I will be using for every single game upcoming this season to get you prepared for Ohio State's next opponent. Now, not only am I using it, but the Ohio State University men's basketball coaching staff and scouting department uses college basketball analytics as well to prepare for teams. So if you want access to the stats, the information, the shooting charts, the different graphs, and all of the different types of information that Ohio State has access to and will use to get prepped for Texas A&M, all you have to do is go to cbbanalytics.com. You can create an account, and if you use the code SHOT, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, short for Shot and Scene Center and short for Views from the Shot Podcast, you can get your first month free. So go to cbbanalytics.com. For now, just poke around. Enjoy it. Sign up for an account. And you can get your first month free and enjoy all of the content that I get, as well as the content that the Ohio State men's basketball team gets and a bunch of other Division I coaches and programs out there. CBBanalytics.com. Go find it. Enjoy it. All right, let's talk defensive takeaways, and then we'll get on out of here. So, number one. Ohio State gave up a bunch of threes tonight. Oakland wanted to shoot a bunch of threes in this one. So you'll have that. But one thing that you don't want to see is slow rotations. And that's what I saw as this game went on for Ohio State. And two things. Number one, well, one major point. Ohio State has made it a focus in this offseason, in the preseason, heading into this season, to be better defensively. That has been a focus. And then... Coming out of halftime, as we said, Chris Holman said, three points of emphasis. All of them had to do with defense. And unfortunately, the Buckeyes did not look very good defensively tonight against a mid-major team. Six made threes in the first half for Oakland. Personally, I think they played well to start the game. Some of the threes that Oakland made were just good shots. Sharp shooters. You'll hit some of those sometimes where Ohio State rotated well. But as the game went on, the intensity clearly dropped. Roddy Gale Jr. for the 17 points he had, awesome. In the second half, he had a three made right in his eye. Maybe could have closed out a little bit harder. And then the very next possession, he goes down there and a very lackadaisical lackadaisical closeout leads to an open shot given up. Luckily was missed by Oakland but definitely should have been made. And you saw a lot of players falling for pump fakes tonight. Roddy Gale was one of them. Evan Mahaffey was another. Bruce Thornton was another. Zed Key, Felix Akpara, all giving into pump fakes where they were leaving the floor and fouling or letting players dribble right by them. And it was just a lack of discipline, a lack of focus in this one, where Ohio State just simply didn't play well defensively, mentally, and at sometimes physically as well. You have got to have the ability to close out on three-point shooters. Against Texas A&M, you're not going to get the opportunity to get back into a game because they will step on your throat. Texas A&M is good. And when Oakland has the opportunity to hit threes, they did it tonight. And they made Ohio State have to fight to win this game. You cannot afford that against Texas A&M. The rotations have got to be quicker. They can't be a pass behind every time they rotate, trying to make up for where they should have been. They've got to be better in their gaps. They've got to be better 
with their help side defense didn't look good against Oakland. Overall, Oakland shot 40% from the field and 40% from three in this one. 40% from the field isn't great. That's for sure. 40% from three is. Ohio State has been an abysmal team defensively for the past couple of years. And Chris Holtman has made hires. He's changed focus. He's made it very clear that this team needs to be better defensively. You cannot give up a 40% clip from deep against Texas A&M on Friday night. Evan Mahaffey, another unfortunate negative point that I have to bring up on this show. Zero points, four fouls. Three minutes in the first half, two fouls as a starter. He started this game over Scotty Middleton. He got his third foul less than four minutes into the second half, and then he traveled with nine minutes left in the second half right after getting subbed in. It was an abysmal performance for Evan Mahaffey in his Ohio State debut. Now, number one, I have heard really good things about him in the preseason. So this may have just been one bad game, one bad performance, an off night, some nerves, whatever the case may be. So I'm not going to overreact about that, but I'm not going to say that it's good that Evan Mahaffey had the performance that he did. Because for all the good that Scotty Middleton had against Oakland, and for all the good that we saw from several other players, I would have to go back and, and rewatch this game. Because sometimes you have a narrative that's stuck in your head, which is true for a lot of Ohio State fans right now, that Chris Holtman just constantly does XYZ wrong. And you feel like that's the case 100% of the time. Maybe it's only the case 40% of the time. But when you see it, you think it happens all the time. So that may be my thinking with Evan Mahaffey, and I'd have to go rewatch the game. But boy, not a good performance for Evan Mahaffey. And it sucks because we've heard so many good things. And I bring him up in this defensive takeaway because he's supposed to be the defensive guy for Ohio State. Come in and bring a lot of intensity, rebound, shut players down. He he was anything but that for Ohio State in this one. And at this point, again, I try to be slow to overreact. You as a fan, it is your privilege. It is your right. We are in the United States of America where you have the God-given freedom to say, hey, Evan Mahaffey should be shot from a cannon and never return to Columbus. And if you want to say that, then that's your prerogative. But I'm not going to go that far. Should Evan Mahaffey start against Texas A&M? I pride myself on not overreacting, but at this point, after seeing what Scotty Middleton did, I don't understand why Evan Mahaffey will be in the starting lineup over Scotty Middleton on Friday night against Texas A&M. I get it. Texas A&M is a great team. It could be a shock for Scotty Middleton. Sure. But Scotty Middleton is proving already that he's going to be the most NBA-ready player this season for Ohio State. We've seen it with Dwayne Washington and Keita Bates-Diop last year, of course with Bryce Sensenbaugh, and the year before that, with Malachi Branham and EJ Liddell. Ohio State is continually pushing one player into the NBA every year at this point. Scotty Middleton is likely going to be the guy this year for Ohio State. He's proven that already. Why would you not have him in the lineup? He can defend 
We know that. We saw it. He's long. He's not thick. He's not Evan Mahaffey. He's not Devin Royal thickness. He's certainly not Bruce Thornton thickness. Even Felix Akpara, he's gotten thicker this year. Last year, Ohio State had two, three, four players on the NCAA All-Thick Boys team, which I never announced or released, but they would be on there. So, Scotty Middleton, he's going to have some growing pains, but I think Scotty Middleton, you ride the hot hand. He scored 13 points in the win. You've got to take Middleton starting at the three, I think, over Evan Mahaffey. And, and I can't see a starting lineup where you've got Jamison Battle, Scotty Middleton, Evan Mahaffey, or something like that in. Texas A&M is a big team. They're a physical team. And the Buckeyes are going to have to start most likely Felix Akpara at the five. I wouldn't be opposed to Sedki at the four in this one, honestly, against a team like Texas A&M. We'll see what happens. They're a big team. Last defensive takeaway, and this one is actually going to be a good one, so we can enjoy that. Devin Royal. No one's talking about Devin Royal in this one. No one's going to look at the box score and say, oh, man, Devin Royal, man, he must have played well tonight. But this is why you've got people like me who can help you out and see exactly what you should be seeing from a game. He did not attempt a field goal. He had two rebounds, and he had a single block. But boy, oh boy, did Devin Royal, the Pickerington native, the Columbus kid, Mr. Basketball in the state of Ohio, winning an OHSAA state championship. I mean, he's got everything. And now he steps in as a freshman in the first game in Ohio State season, and he held his own in the low post. A guy who's kind of undersized, and I was concerned that he wasn't going to be ready to go play in the low post. And he may very well not be completely ready yet because he played Oakland and not Texas A&M or Michigan State or Purdue. And that's fine. But he looked physical. He held his own. He played really, really good defense. I was really impressed with Devin Royal in this one. It may not have been the biggest sample size. He may not have jumped out in the stat sheet for you. But boy, I wasn't I wasn't the highest on Devin Royal this year. He looked good in this one. And I'm excited to see Devin Royal get some minutes against Texas A&M on Friday night. So those are the takeaways I've got for Ohio State and its win taking on Oakland. The Buckeyes, the good news is that they're 1-0. Ohio State is 1-0. And as we know from a former Ohio State head coach, the best part about being 1-0 is the chance to go 2-0. And Ohio State, as bleak as it may seem, being 1-0, some fans can be really negative about it. They have the chance to go 2-0 against Texas Santa. I will say this. If you have the chance to get to Columbus, if you are local, or if you're looking for something to do, as you may know, Veterans Day is on Saturday. So if you have the day off on Friday, take the trip to Columbus, Grab yourself a ticket and go watch Ohio State take on Texas A&M and be loud. Zed Key already said in the post-game conference, he said, hey, get out to the game and be loud. I would listen to Zed Key, or he may raise the roof on you. And I would hate for that to happen to you. I would hate it. So get out to the game if you can. I will come out with, of course, a Texas A&M preview episode here, probably coming on Thursday. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure you've subscribed on Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, of course, whatever your preferred platform is for listening to those. 
make sure you're subscribed and if you enjoy the show give us a five star rating would appreciate that a couple have come through already would appreciate if we could get a couple more that would be very kind tell your friends and family about the show with ohio state basketball coming up if you've got people who are saying oh man i didn't even know college basketball was starting already or i feel so unprepared or i don't know anything about ohio state basketball now they have to play texas a&m don't worry just send them to the show we've got a full playlist of a season preview series live wherever you're getting your podcast appreciate you listening today i'm sure we will chat soon excited to see ohio state be one and zero. don't be too grim be excited that college basketball is back appreciate you listening today i will shut up before you shut me off go bucks